Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Product Marketing Life podcast, which is brought to you by Product Marketing Alliance. My name's Bryony Pierce, and I'm the content manager here at PMA. This week's podcast is sponsored by the Product Marketing Festival. For those of you who haven't heard about it yet, it'll be coming to a screen near you between June 8th and June 14th, and will be featuring headline acts from companies like Amazon, Uber, Adobe, and Facebook, talking about everything from research all the way through to optimization. To get your ticket, just head over to the site, festival.productmarketingalliance.com. Back to today's show. To give you a glimpse into the world of other product marketers, in this show, we'll be talking to Jasmine Jean, the Group Product Marketing Manager for Intercom's core PMM team and developer platform, about what a day in her shoes looks like. Jasmine first joined Intercom back in May 2016, and before that, she spent just under four and a half years at Brandwatch, holding Product Marketing Manager and Product Marketing Lead roles. When it comes to a day in this industry, as many product marketers know, there isn't really such thing as a standard. So, to get around that, we're going to be focusing on Jasmine's most recent working day. Before we do that though, welcome to the show Jasmine. Hi, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Um, Before we get going, to kind of provide a bit of context, could you just give people a bit of a background um, into your role at Intercom and about Intercom itself? Yeah, sure. Um, So Intercom is a customer messaging platform. We help um, businesses talk to their customers in a more personal way and uh, build relationships uh, across the customer lifecycle. And I am one of our group product marketing managers, and I look after, as you mentioned, our core and platform group. Um, So my team looks after any of our platform technologies that span across the use cases we sell to. So that includes the messenger, the data platform, um, the developer platform, as well as kind of core overarching positioning. Mm -hmm. Um, So the kind of what Intercom is level of messaging. Yeah. And then in terms of your actual team, what does that look like in terms of numbers and roles? Yeah. So I have three people in my direct team. Um, one person who's focused on our self-serve segment, so the sort of down, down market audience. Uh, one person who's focused on the partner facing side of our app ecosystem, so getting partners to build apps. And one person who's focused on the customer facing side uh, of our partner ecosystem. So getting customers to actually use and get value from those apps. Um, The wider product marketing team, there are two other groups. One group focused on our use cases, and so they own positioning and messaging for each of our target audiences. And one group that is currently just one person who's focused on our pricing and packaging. Yeah. I know you mentioned off-air that you kind of started um, in Dublin's Intercom office and now you're in San Francisco. In terms of those teams, are they all based with you in San Francisco or do you have to negotiate different time zones? Uh, yeah, so all of the product marketing team is here in San Francisco. So the two years I was in Dublin, I was kind of the lone <laughs> PMM over in, in Europe um, and then moved over to be with the team. Um, but our product teams are split across London, Dublin and San Francisco. So time zones can definitely be a challenge with working with some of those teams. Mm-hmm. And then how did you find it when you were in Dublin kind of by yourself? Like, How did you find that dynamic? <laughs> It had its pros and cons. Um, When I joined Intercom, I was a senior PMM focused purely on the developer platform, and it was very early for us in in terms of our platform in those days. And so it was kind of me and um, our PM, Hugh, at the time, who was focused on the platform as well as a team. And it was quite nice to be our kind of own little unit uh, doing our own thing over in Dublin. 
but that you know obviously being apart from the rest of the team and not being able to learn from the other PMMs as much because you're not getting as much interaction uh, that was definitely challenging um, as well as having our kind of brand and most of our kind of demand gen marketing team over here made things like launches just much harder in terms of like coordinating things over two time zones. Yeah. And how would you coordinate that? Would it kind of like voice calls, video calls or? Yeah, a lot of uh, evening <laughs> meetings. <laughs> um, so we, we we use Google Hangouts here. And so we do a lot of video calls um, and obviously use things like Slack and um, various like Google Suite and things to keep things on track. Um, so, yeah, just a, a lot of coordination back and forth. I mean, there are some benefits in that your you can give feedback or something and then they can be doing it during their day mm. and then when you wake up it's ready for you to review that that can actually be quite helpful yeah. um but if you need to just like get in a room and figure out like a copy doc or messaging or something that's obviously much harder to do over vc yeah for sure i feel the pain with the time zones as well like i've been quite luckily uh fortunately so far but obviously with pmm like we have a lot of people in different time zones so mm. i've been doing podcasts and persona calls with people from australia and i get on the <laughs> phone i'm like what time is it for you and like oh it's 10 o'clock at night i'm like i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely we, we call the crossover hours the golden hours yeah <laughs> kind of like a unspoken agreement that you don't really book meetings with people in your office during that crossover time because it's so valuable and precious to have those meetings with people on the other side. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's a good idea. Um, and then I guess before we move on to kind of your current day, just to provide a bit of additional context, what kind of launch cycle would you say you're in at the minute? Yeah, so we've just kicked off our new financial year. So we're kind of a month out from the calendar year. Um, so we've just got out doing lots of like planning and uh, both at a company level, a company strategy and financial planning, but also for the marketing team. We had a three day marketing offsite last week where everyone from Dublin came over as well. Um, so we're really kind of like kicking off a bunch of new projects, which is exciting. Um, we just did a product launch yesterday of our um, API 2.0 so the second version of our API with some major updates so that was exciting nice to have just come off the back of a launch mm-hmm. um, and then for me personally I'm kind of mid uh, mid project on I've been working on our story and messaging uh, for that kind of core overarching level and uh, working on our messaging hierarchy so um, continuing it within that we're kind of probably mid to two, two thirds of the way through that current project. Mm-hmm. okay well that's really nice as well that you had the launch yesterday because yeah. that will make this next bit really interesting um so I kind of touched on it and the in the intro I'm just going to focus on your kind of most recent working day just because every day is so different um and this is an area that a lot of PMMs are just really interested in um we've seen a lot of people ask it in Slack um when I was doing these persona calls that I mentioned a lot of people were really interested in that area of product marketing So could you just kind of talk us through your day from start to finish yesterday in terms of what teams you're interacting with, what projects you're working on and that kind of thing? For sure. Um, So the launch was uh, run by two people on my team, Ashley and Mark. They're the two people who are focused on the app ecosystem. And so there are two kind of uh, strains of the launch, one towards partners and one towards customers. And so that went out 
like pretty much first thing in the morning for us. Um, they were mostly managing it, but I took a look at the messages and made sure that they were happy and that everything was going okay. So it was mm-hmm. the first check-in in the morning. Um, and then I had a bunch of meetings throughout the day. So first off, we had a meeting with um, our head of platform partnerships and our head of um, sales in EMEA, who's also kind of running BizDev. Um, on the app side, uh, we had a meeting with a potential partner who I can't speak to, <laughs> but um, discussing some potential partnerships there. Uh, then we have a monthly meeting with our sales enablement team um, where we discuss the upcoming annual sales kickoff, um, which we're doing in a couple of months. And so talking about uh, how which bits will will attend um, as PMMs. I then had a meeting with our SVP of marketing, Shane, about the story work I'm doing. And we had some discussions about um, how we're describing Intercom. And that was kind of pretty free from kind of brainstorm. Um, Felt like we made good progress. So that's good. (laughs) Um, Then Jonathan on our team was running a sales training session on pricing. So I attended that to see how. Um, how we're training sales team around pricing and give him some moral support as well. <laughs> um, and then I met with Christine, who's our other PMM manager. So she manages the group for use cases. Um, we check in weekly just to make sure, you know, how are things are going with her team, how are things go with my team, anything we need to coordinate on, like goals and things like that, um, and just catch up on, make sure we're both aligned. Um, we recently got a new uh, senior director of product marketing, but before that, um, Christine and I had been kind of looking after the team while we were searching for a new director. So yep. uh, it was even more important then for us to get into this rhythm of uh, talking with each other and making sure that everything was running smoothly with the teams. Yep. Uh, I then had my last meeting today was a slightly random meeting of helping um, a colleague write a Boolean query for a social media tool, mm-hmm. um, which is basically the the kind of query you write to bring back mentions of your brand. Uh, we're setting up a new social media tool that we bought, and I used to work for a social media tool called Ramwatch, and so uh, I just helped her out with some <laughs> some tips on how to write that query. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of meetings, uh, I did like a lot of bits and pieces. A lot of my day is kind of reviewing things like answering emails, like talking to people. So, um, had to send some reminders out about doing uh, our goal setting, as I mentioned, start of the quarter. So getting those finalized. Um, we're also kicking off our performance review season. So making sure people have uh, followed the steps they need to do to request reviews. Um, reviewed some testimonial copy for my team and took a look at some launch materials. I did some reading related to the story work and to prep for that meeting with our SVP. Um, I reviewed our new roadmap, which the product team recently shared. Um, and then on the more tactical side, I helped out writing some tool tips copy for um, inside the product. So just like some short explanations of features. So pretty varied, as you can see. I was going to say, was that a 12 or 13 hour work? (laughs) (laughs) How did you fit it all in? (laughs) It was uh, pretty efficient my time. It was like eight eight to five from a Yeah, I I, uh, I spend a fair amount of time in meetings, but um, there's always like little bits and pieces in between as well. Yeah. And then so you mentioned, obviously, the launch yesterday. You did that first thing in the morning. 
is that quite typical of your launches? Do you try and get them out of the door kind of first thing? Yeah, we usually aim for a sort of 8 or 9 a.m. Um, launch time. It, it depends. Some launches are kind of rolled out more gradually, like softer launches. But when we want to kind of do everything at once, it's usually around that time. Um, the reason for that time is it's often teams in Dublin who are actually making things live. So we want to make sure it's within their work day and they don't have to stay, <laughs> stay up really late to make features live. Um, but it also helps us. Um, hit our audience in different time zones it's kind of like the best compromise time in between yeah. without having to make the san francisco team get up stupidly early mm-hmm. um which we have also done in the past <laughs> um but yeah so we we generally kind of target that time and it also gives time to make sure everything has gone out okay like there nothing has gone wrong with the product or messages or anything while both teams are still online Mm-hmm. And is the kind of time of the week, so yesterday will have been a Tuesday, is that like a tried and tested time of the week to do it as well or is that just by chance? Or We generally um, will launch Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, one of those days, like Friday is just not a great day <laughs> because everyone's you know, off for the weekend and uh, Monday is also challenging for a similar reason, people coming back in and having lots of stuff to deal with um, and, and vying for their attention. So, yeah, we'd usually go for one of those middle days and then which day it is will depend on a lot of different factors um, in terms of like other messages we have going out to our audience or other things going on with us or in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to choose the best day that works both from like when the product is ready, but also from a GTM perspective. Yeah, sure. And then you mentioned you had the monthly sales enablement meeting. Do you have a dedicated sales enablement team at Instagram? So would they have led that? We do, yeah, yeah. Um, recently expanded as well, so we now have someone on that team who's focused on um, sales training specifically as well. Um, so it, that meeting is a fairly recent uh, meeting we've added to help us figure out as that team is growing how we work best with them and um, how we kind of keep in sync and make sure they know everything that's coming out from um, a product standpoint and things we're working on and we can make sure we tie into things they're doing like if we want to train the sales team about a new feature how do we fit into their existing kind of training schedules and things like that yep and then it was that meeting just product marketing and sales enablement just the two yeah 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 so the um three three of us who run the different groups within the product marketing team and then the sales enablement team as well. Yeah. And then you mentioned that's a fairly new function. So did that fall under product marketing previously and you've now branched out into sales enablement or how did that work? So we've had, there has been um, someone in a sales enablement role on the sales side for some time. Um, it's just recently that we've got a director of sales enablement come in and then um, added people to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of do different bits like PMM has always done sales enablement and we'll continue to do it um, on this, the sales enablement team on the sales side, they kind of take on more of the, you know, figuring out the best ways to train the sales team and, and kind of providing us with feedback from the sales team on what they need, how they're using the things we're providing already, what could be improved mm-hmm. um, and what kind of challenges they're having. And then we kind of work together to make sure that we're enabling the team in the best way possible. Yeah, for sure. And then you also mentioned you were reviewing the roadmap that product sent over to yesterday. So I know this can be a bugbear for some product marketers and that they just don't get any insight into the product roadmap. Then all of a sudden it's like, 
oh hey we're launching this next week like can you get it to market like is it quite good at Instagram in terms of getting exposure like how far far out do you kind of get noticed for that kind of stuff yeah so yeah it's the classic classic PMM problem <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say we're pretty good at Intercom um, all of our PMMs uh, have like counterpart PMs and so they're very tightly embedded in those teams and will have been involved in helping inform the roadmap, um, helping with prioritization, giving feedback on what they're seeing in the market and things like that. And so they're really feeding in. Um, and then the way our product team works is that they'll then put together a roadmap and there's a series of review sessions with different people and PMM will be involved in those as well um, and given an opportunity to provide feedback or input there. Mm-hmm. And so this, uh, the roadmap I received yesterday was mostly just like an amalgamation of all of the teams' uh, roadmaps. It, they kind of put together one deck for the whole company so everyone can see what's what's coming up. Um, and I'm aware of uh, things that the people in my team, like their PMs, are working on, but I have less visibility into Christine's teams. And so just having the whole thing together is really helpful for reviewing okay, what's, what's coming up and staying um, aware and having that visibility. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's obviously kind of a lot of variety um, to your day then in general to product marketers days. Would you say there are any constants to your days? Uh, I'd say the main constants are things like one-to-ones with my team members, one-to-ones with our director of PMM, um, just generally meetings. Like I have regular meetings with my counterparts on the PM product side so um, the relevant directors and partnerships people on that side so every day is slightly different but those are the there's always those kind of meetings every day Um, that's probably the yeah the biggest constant is there yeah and then do you enjoy that variety today that's something you like about the role yeah I mean it's something I've always liked and told people about product marketing it's a great uh, role for just getting to try lots of different things and interact with lots of different people across the business and every day is kind of different um, so it never gets old or boring there's, there's always yeah. new things to work on um, so yeah I mean there are definitely days where I wish I had less meetings and more focused time especially if there's something like meaty I want to get into um, or doing some kind of strategic work something like that but uh, generally I see you know to having those meetings and talking to other people is kind of a core part of my role especially as a manager it's uh on me to make sure my team is set up for success and that we're coordinating with other departments as well so yeah uh, yeah and would you say do you notice any kind of drastic shifts at all in your day-to-day depending on what stage of a cycle you're at um yeah there are some there are definitely some shifts depending on what's going on uh, at the time so as I mentioned at the moment it's like lots of planning and that requires a lot more coordination with um, both the product team in terms of road mapping but then also the rest of the marketing team on marketing plans for the year um, when we're in the middle of a big launch there's a lot more product meetings um, such as product forums which are kind of the working group of designers and PMs and PMMs reviewing how uh, like progress on a launch um, and then things like my work kind of fluctuates on what I'm focused on when I do more kind of individual contributor work. So at the moment, I'm working on that story and messaging um, 
type of project and that means I'm working much more with like our brand strategy team and um, our comms team and, and those kind of people in marketing whereas sometimes I might be working more on a more product focused project and then I'll be working much cl- more closely with other PMs. Yeah and then how does that process actually work so you say you're working on the storytelling side of it will you take the lead and then it's a case of them like reviewing and signing off what you do or is it a collaboration from the start or? Yeah it's it's in being different in different phases of the work so the um, early stages of defining the story was very close collaboration with um, our brand strategist Brooks um, and Christine our other group PMM so working together really closely as a group uh, to figure out kind of what what the story needs to be what the approach should be and then actually trying to define that story Um, we also worked with some of the others in our brand team on on getting like customer research in and things like that to um, help us and at the moment now we're getting down towards more of the okay how do we describe intercom then it's more working with um, our director of integrated marketing and our head of comms to get them to review and input and provide feedback um, while I'm driving it yeah okay cool and then final question kind of around a day in the life of you so for product marketers who are new to the industry I guess it could be a bit daunting maybe just the sheer variety of it do you have any advice uh, for people who are maybe struggling to get to grips with that side of it yeah I mean there's practical advice which is like try and stay organized you know I I love a to-do list and uh uh, I use a tool called Coda to manage all of my tasks and I like to kind of have I have a routine where I come in in the morning I check all my emails and slack review my to-do list review my calendar just to to kind of ground myself and like okay what am I actually doing today because mm-hmm. it's very easy when you're like switching contacts and moving from meeting to meeting and things to just kind of feel like you're getting lost and don't actually know what you're trying to get done mm-hmm. um, so on the practical side I'd say just making sure you're staying organized and know what your priorities are uh on the <laughs> on the less practical side some of it is just a mindset like being mm-hmm. flexible and adaptable is really key uh in product marketing generally for the role but also especially if you work in like a startup type environment where things are changing all the time um so just learning to kind of embrace and even enjoy <laughs> that mm-hmm. variety you know we talked um a little bit about how that's kind of one of the key things about product marketing is it's great you get to do lots of different things and meet with lots of different people um so trying to see the uh, positive side of that and whilst kind of accepting that sometimes it's going to be a little bit challenging with the context switching yeah for sure i'm with you on the to-do list too i love a good to-do list my issue is i have a to-do list on my notepad and then sometimes i don't have my notepad right there so i start a little to-do list on a sticky note and then stick that on my notepad and i'll start from these so i have like i end up with like three different to-do lists i'm like okay now i need to amalgamate into one to-do list but it's just so satisfying um getting to tick off your to-do list i'm 100 percent that type of person if I didn't write something on my to-do list and I've done it, I write it on the to-do list to highlight it off. <laughs> Same. Same. I also used to have the post-it note uh, process, but for similar reason, I kept losing post-its or I'd like have to work from home one day and realise I didn't have all the post-its. Mm. So 
uh, yeah, I moved to using Coda for that so that it's all like in a browser based so I can get to it from wherever um, yeah. and like, you know, check boxes so I can just check off things. And it also yeah. means I can look back at the to-do list I've done if I want to. Um, whereas with posters, I'd always just end up chucking them away. Yeah, that's why I do. <laughs> um, okay, well, awesome. Thanks for answering those questions kind of about your day. It's going to move on to next some questions just to help people understand a bit more about you, your drivers, your experience and that kind of thing. Um, so the first question, if you could go back to the start of your career, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. I <laughs> think. Uh, I, I think, you know, like many, I ended up in product marketing sort of by accident, you know, <laughs> there was, there was a role there. Um, I was working at Brownwatch as a kind of social media manager content type role. Mm-hmm. And then they needed someone to do product marketing. And I was like, I know quite a lot about the product. That sounds fine. I'll, I'll do that. Um, I think going into that now, I would, advise myself to like learn more about the different types of product marketing you know there there are different strains of it some of it's more sales enablement focus some of it's more product focus some of it's more gtm kind of marketing focus brand focus so i think i would have spent more time talking to other product marketers and learning what product marketing looks like in different types of companies Mm -hmm. to better understand which bits of it i most enjoyed or wanted to pursue um uh, I mean, I, I've enjoyed like trying out all different type, types of product marketing, but I think figuring that out earlier on um, would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is just learning outside of the product marketing, just learning more about the other functions within marketing. Because I think in order to grow into a leadership position and be a leader in the marketing team more broadly, you need to understand how demand gen works and how the sales team works and how the company goals and financials work and all of those kind of things so that you can really lead from a GTM side. So I think I would tell myself back in the day that um, to spend more time learning about those other disciplines as well. Okay, cool. And then next one, can you kind of pinpoint any sort of mantra or belief or tip or anything like that that's most influenced your product marketing career? (laughs) Sure. Uh, I think I mean, some people might disagree with this, but I have always said that you should err on the side of over communication in product marketing. Um, a lot of our role is about communicating information to other people, whether it's mm-hmm. like feeding in insights into the product team or training sales about a launch or whatever it might be. And, you know, you often have to repeat things for them to really uh, sink in for people you know, you can't assume someone's seen that like one Slack message you sent or the one email you sent. Um, and especially when you're working on launches where there's like a lot of things going on and you're trying trying to coordinate a lot of different teams. I've always just heard on like, you know, repeat things, make sure everyone knows what's happening at any stage and staying organized and um, the to-do list come back in here. You know, there's some <laughs> project management skills there. And so, I mean, I think, that communication and it builds trust like people will know that they can count on you and and understand what's happening and don't feel kind of left to the wind and also just help you get your message across more and, and be more effective there so um i think that's something i've always kind of tried to stick by uh and continue to do so now yeah and is that something you feel like you've just kind of had since you first got into product marketing it's something that you've maybe learned from lack of in previous years or 
Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I think I am naturally a pretty organized person. So mm-hmm. some of the project management side of, of managing launches and things kind of, I just did that communication piece naturally. Um, I think over time, the way it's evolved is learning how to communicate with people, like what's going to be the most effective way, learning what works with the sales team, which might be different to what works with the product team and and learning how to change your communications for those different audiences. Yep, that makes sense. Um, makes sense. So I guess this is quite common in any industry, um, but you always get kind of best practices and kind of standard bits of advice that you see everywhere. Can you think of any best practices in product marketing that you see a lot but wouldn't necessarily recommend people to follow? <laughs> yeah, this is a really tricky question, and I, I was thinking about it yesterday <laughs> when you sent it over. Um, and I also asked our product marketing team if they had any examples and was really struggling to to think of things. And I, I, I wonder if it's because there's not a huge amount of product marketing kind of best practices mm-hmm. are still being defined, right? Um, yeah. But the two things I did think of was, one is that... Uh, this is correct advice, but there's this kind of push towards like be, be benefits focused and d- don't just describe features, you know, make sure you, you're highlighting the value to customers. Mm-hmm. And that is good advice and is what we should be aiming to do as product marketing. I do think there's a version of that that goes too far um, where like if you keep asking why for a benefit, like why is that good? Why is that good? Why is that good? You'll almost always end up if you're selling to other businesses is like it'll make you more money or <laughs> like it'll yeah. save time and it becomes so far removed from what you're actually selling that it becomes meaningless and so mm-hmm. I, I think yes be benefits focused but make sure it's at the right level and figure out what that level is so it's still connected to what you're actually selling and not so far removed that it just feels like fluff mm-hmm. um so that would be one and then the other one which I'm not sure is uh advice people give but it happens very frequently and we've kind of touched on it already but um having product lead too much on product launches and and kind of not making sure that product marketing marketing are involved in you know the decisions and influencing the roadmap things like launch dates um when's actually the best time to launch naming like all of those things that if you work in a product-led company can be difficult to kind of insert yourself in um, but it happens a lot so uh, I guess like a, a best practice is to, to make sure that doesn't happen yeah I guess I should maybe ask this question again another five years time and product marketing is <laughs> even more established and loads of yeah. best practices have come out of the woodwork and then I'll revisit it <laughs> um okay next one so if someone was looking to move up the product marketing ladder um and they could only focus on one skill what should that skill be and why yeah so i i think it would be um it's hard obviously to narrow down to just one but i i think learning how to communicate and influence across the business i think is really important and this is kind of a cheat one cheat answer because it encapsulates a lot of things um, but basically understanding other departments' goals, understanding what, what's important to them or what they care about, understanding how to communicate with them and what kind of information they need. Um, that's like really key to building trust with your cross-functional stakeholders. And mm-hmm. trust is really key to making sure you're effective in product marketing. And so 
you want the product marketing to respect your input and opinion and have them actively seek that out and you want sales to respect what you're telling them so that they will try and sell the new thing or whatever it might be so I think just focusing on those communication skills and you know learning how to influence at all different levels of the business and all different departments is really key yeah and then how would you say like focusing on that influence element how would you like how much influence would you say products and marketing has at intercom and then do you find because I know again this is another kind of common products marketing problem is that a lot of people struggle in that other business areas just don't understand the role and the value which can obviously kind of negatively impact how much influence they have how does that work for you yeah I, th- I think we're pretty lucky in that the first marketer at intercom was a product marketer mm-hmm. um it's a very product driven company and you know i'm great grateful to our founders for valuing product marketing from the start and so that definitely helped you know early on having product marketing in the marketing team um i'd say we probably have more influence than a lot of product marketers feel like they do mm-hmm. um and certainly, you know, chatting with other product marketers, I know that is a common struggle. It's changed over time as well. There are, you know, when I joined Intercom, it was much harder to get agreement on like launch dates. You know, mm-hmm. it would be product are ready to ship it and they just want to ship it immediately. And we, we had to do education and, and kind of uh, compromising on finding the sweet spot for GTM as well. And so it's definitely evolved over time. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, our PMMs are kind of embedded with those product teams and and work side by side with them. So we have a, a pretty good um, track record of kind of helping influence in and, and having a seat at the table, which is great. Yeah. And then in terms of that education piece, because I think this is something that a lot of product marketers are looking to kind of introduce into their company. Like, what did that look like for you? How did you go about doing that? I think some of it is um, some of it is just helping people understand what product marketing is and the value we bring, mm-hmm. uh, which especially if there are PMs who haven't worked with PMMs before, just helping them understand, you know, here's what I can bring to you and this is how I can add value and help you. Um, and some of it is just trying to convince them and, and then proving out that value. So, yeah. you know, compromising on a launch date and and showing them why okay actually if we wait two weeks then you'll get this instead or this extra thing or this better thing and then uh showing them that result afterwards um and so it it again comes back to that trust thing of you know if you stand by what you say and and prove that you can provide that value and and actually show them rather than just telling them because it's your opinion that's that's kind of key to to helping um bring people around yeah and then out of curiosity how long has intercom had like a fully established product marketing team uh that is a good question i'd say i mean the company's been around for um, about nine years and I think the first marketing high was maybe seven years in okay. so, uh, seven years ago so yeah uh a pre- pretty early on yeah <laughs> yeah okay cool um so I guess sometimes product marketing as well because of the variety but also because you're interacting with so many other teams I imagine it can maybe get a bit overwhelming sometimes, especially when you kind of build up that credibility internally and you've got all of a sudden everyone coming to you 
wanting a bit of the action. So in times when you do maybe feel a bit overwhelmed or unfocused, is there anything that you do or tell yourself to kind of regain composure? Yeah, I think um, on the on the practical side, I, I again, coming back to lists. <laughs> Are you on commission with Coda? <laughs> uh, I, I like to like list out everything I'm working on and then figure out, okay, what actually are the priorities? What can I delegate? What can I drop? Um, you know, obviously talking through with my manager if needs be about what pri- what the priorities are as well. Um, I find that a really helpful exercise just for like visually seeing everything I'm working on and figuring out what needs to be done first. Um, so that would, that would probably be my main thing on the practical side. On a more kind of mental side, there's one is just taking a moment <laughs> for myself like it's very easy especially when you're in like launch planning and you're like in the middle of everything and it's all like chaotic and you feel like you can't take like a moment to breathe because you already don't have enough time but actually taking a few minutes out to like have a chat with someone or just vent to someone or go for a walk or have a coffee or whatever it might be is actually uh, much more helpful um mm-hmm. than just like drowning uh, without taking a break so try and uh, make myself do that when I'm feeling overwhelmed um, and then also just acknowledging that these are just moments in time like I've had moments like that in the past we'll have more in the future everything's always fine we'll get through it um, and acknowledging like yes it's stressful right now um, but it won't be forever and that kind of just helps me kind of dig in and, and get on with it. Mm-hmm. And then kind of following on for that time side of things. So if hypothetically that time got chopped in half and you only had half your working day left, where would you focus that remaining time that you had left? Yeah, I I think for me, I would drop the like IC work I do. and, And if I only had half the time, I'd focus the majority of that time on my team and making sure they're set up for success and have everything they need. Um, and enabling them to be successful in their roles and in their careers I think that that's kind of what I consider most important in my role as a manager so um, that would be the thing I'd prioritize and keep. Yeah cool and then what aspect of product marketing would you say you're most curious about and why? I've recently with this work I've been doing on this story um, I've been working more closely with our brand strategy team and I'm starting to um, really find it interesting to explore that brand side of product marketing. So um, more on the like high level messaging, um, how we turn messaging into a brand narrative, how we bring that to life in everything we do. And so I'm really interested in exploring more of that brand side. Um, In the past, my work has been very product focused, like even at Brandwatch and in my earlier days at Intercom is much more product focused um, and and has gradually moved a bit more towards the go-to-market side and now even more into the brand side. So that's something I'm excited about exploring more and and kind of expanding my skills into is is doing more of that kind of brand structure, brand hierarchy and, and bringing the brand to life. Yep. And in terms of those team structures, what does that look like? So, for example, do you and the brand strategy team report into marketing or are you under product? Or Yeah, so the product marketing team here reports into our SVP of uh, marketing yeah. um, and the brand strategy team are within um, the brand team overall, which also reports into the SVP of uh, marketing. 
Okay. And is that similar? Did you report into marketing when you were at Brandwatch or? I did, yeah. Um, I reported into our CMO um, at Brandwatch. Um, it was kind of a different setup, uh, like a smaller marketing team overall um, and a smaller product marketing team, but still very much in the in the marketing side of things. Um, I've never worked in a product marketing role that reports into product, and my gut feeling is that I uh prefer when it's within the marketing team yeah um because i think it builds a healthy tension for the product team um mm-hmm. but obviously it depends on the business and uh how how things work within that business yeah it so depends i think like it's one of those ones as well that will always divide opinion there's always going to be people yeah. who prefer products <laughs> and marketing and i always do ask when i ask this question i ask people if it's similar to past companies because i'm always intrigued to know how people compare but um reporting under one or the other but you get a different answer every time you ask so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Final few questions. Um, what would you say the best lesson is that you've learned during your time in product marketing? Good question. Um, I think the main, so the best thing I've learned is probably that launches are important, but not everything. You know, I think um, especially in product driven companies, a lot of, product marketers get bogged down in doing lots of launches because lots of shipping and and there's like a lot of momentum and that's great it's like actually really good as a marketer to have lots of new things Mm -hmm. Um, but it also can mean you neglect all the other longer term strategic parts of product marketing uh, like positioning um, even remarketing existing product and and you know increasing adoption and things like that so launches are definitely really valuable and useful for helping with growth and getting out there and having new things to take to market. Um, But it shouldn't be all of your time. And I Mm -hmm. think it's very easy to end up just spending all of your time doing launches and, and the other stuff, which has like less of a strict deadline gets Mm -hmm. kind of put to the wayside. And so I think over my time, I've learned actually if we keep some of that time for that more strategic work, we can have more long-term impact. Yeah. What does it look like in terms of launches? My assumption um, is that there's a lot in Intercom, given like your product and feature set. Like, how often does that typically happen for you, new launches? Yeah, I mean, we, we have a tiering framework for our launches. So tier one is like the biggest, you know, big new features or big new products. And then tier four is kind of like small updates. Um, I'd say we have tier three and four launches probably every week mm-hmm. um just little bits and pieces here and there and then tier ones are probably like one to two a year um and then with some tier twos kind of scattered um throughout mm-hmm. but it is um a lot of our time and it does ebb and flow like we've had some years where we've had a lot more product launches um or like bigger product launches and then we've had other periods where we're focusing on making like more incremental updates and so um kind of comes in waves or ebbs and flows a bit like that uh but yeah it's it's a lot there's there's a lot of launches and that's why we have a fairly sizable uh product marketing team because we have lot our products quite large there's lots of different areas and different audiences mm-hmm. um and so to keep up with those launches we need those pmms in place yep makes sense and then ultimate question, what do you think the biggest problem the product marketing industry faces as a whole, um, either now, right now or in the future? I th- I think, I mean, we've, we've touched on this a little bit, but 
product product marketing is still early um, as a career and still very varied. There's a little kind of standard product marketing role. Um, And so I don't think that's necessarily a a problem. I think there's always going to be some differences in how different companies um, structure product marketing teams. It makes it difficult to like, get information if you're trying to find best practices like we we restructured our product marketing team um a few months ago and trying to find out how other people structure their teams there's just so much variety it's very hard to understand okay like what there are no standards (laughs) to kind of guide you um so that's challenging um then the other side is obviously product marketing doesn't always have a seat at the table and i think there's still work to do to prove the value of product marketing to um, businesses and, and, you know, in companies where it isn't as valued, being able to really have that influence and have that seat at the table um, is, is still, you know, a challenge for, for some PMMs. Yeah. And do you think that's kind of an industry wide problem to tackle in terms of getting, for example, the C-suite to understand the value or is that kind of on individual product marketers in their company to go and demonstrate that? I think it's a bit of both. Like, uh, I mean, I believe that a product, you know, a product-led company is selling, especially if you're in kind of SaaS and selling B2B, needs a product marketing team to be successful. Um, And so, uh, and I think that is the trend, like the direction things are going in, which is great. So I think some of it is like as as an industry that will just – gradually happen more and more and people will see that that that's key but I think there is also you know work individual PMMs can do to help their immediate um, situations within their own companies as well Um, and it's also you know the job of like the heads of marketing and other marketing leaders and even product leaders to help as well and you know good, good product leaders will recognize that having a strong product marketing team will help them as well and so should also be advocating for um, a strong product marketing presence as well yep awesome okay final question um so i guess it's another one of those kind of catch 22 problems in that when product marketing kind of people start understanding the value of it you get lots of people coming to you for requests i need this i need that um but you obviously can't say yes to everything um, and I think it's not even it's not just a product marketing problem, but sometimes people can struggle to say no. So is there anything that you've become better at saying no to in recent years? And are there things that you still struggle to say no to people to? Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, on going back to launches, uh, I think I and us as a team have got better over time about um, not necessarily saying no, but setting expectations around what a particular feature is going to get in terms of a launch and we have kind of a tiering framework and tiering guidelines that everyone look at and understand why we've said something is a tier two versus a tier four and set expectations around what that means in terms of the comms we'll we'll do for that launch Um, given we ship so much we have to be really careful about not over messaging customers and just kind of drowning ourselves out with like too many updates and so Mm -hmm. I think over time we've got better at saying, no, we're not going to do like a massive launch for this small thing and things like that. It's still a challenge sometimes, you know, there are other factors that tie into um, 
why people might want a larger launch even if it's just sort of for internal reasons like morale and things so uh still still tricky but I think that's something we've got better at over time um I think on a personal level on what I struggle to say no to is uh I find it hard to say no like helping out or just getting stuck into things even when it's technically not my role mm-hmm. uh so I was doing air, air quotes there but um even when I'm busy I still I kind of value being like a helpful and collaborative teammate to, to people I work with and so I will struggle to say no to things even even if um I'm I'm busy and it's kind of a di- an additional ask yeah I guess as well this is something I would assume most people struggle with especially when you're first starting at a company because when you first start it's all about kind of building those relationships and getting off the right foot and kind of just getting that trust of people so it's probably easy to fall into the trap of just saying yes to everyone thinking oh I want to build that relationship I want to get into the good box if I say no I might tarnish the relationship but then you're obviously just shoot yourself in the foot because there's only so much you can do and I guess it's just a balancing act in those first few months to get those relationships you need, but also not kind of set expectations that you will say yes to everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to be you know, seen as helpful and not kind of just blocking and, you know, not a bottleneck for things. But yeah, there, there's definitely a balance. You also don't want people to just think they can ask you to do whatever and you'll do it. No questions asked, you know, learning how there's kind of a way to say no or not right now or Mm. yes but less or whatever it might be that can still provide that balance where you're not just saying no to everything and being this kind of blocker Mm -hmm. you're still being helpful but you're not like drowning yourself by taking on all those additional things yeah cool okay well that's all my questions say thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and kind of letting us letting us know a bit more about you and your standard working days i really appreciate it you're welcome it's been a pleasure For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening and if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show to speak about your day, a specific topic, or just your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.